listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the hundred degrees of central Oklahoma, where I am happy not to be sick anymore? Question mark. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And what? We know it's a show day because there's a crisis. I'm Andrew Hoffman. There's a crisis? I even What's the crisis? I'm excited. I have no oh, idea. No. Just like, I don't know. When we had Will on, I had a, a kid throwing up that day. And oh. You, you're <laughs> feeling sick like an hour before the show. And yeah, it's just. Uh, well, I guess it's just that we owe the listeners an apology, and it totally is my fault. Uh, Andrew was ready to do a show. We were on you know we, we could have totally done a show last week except i felt atrocious i felt terrible and i was just saying offline joking with you like i don't think it was covid but if it was i don't know how much different it would be yeah so had a weird cough going extreme fatigue achiness uh i wish you know i, I wish i knew if it was and how to how to cure it i took i took you know those the the tests that the government set out for PCR tests. Okay. Yeah, I took I took one pretty much every hour, like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just to just to check, you know, because I don't want to, you know, because I was because then you'll know for sure, right? Because well, those I, are yeah, always right. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. sleeping with my respirator on, and didn't want my wife to get sick, so I took a you know I'd wake up in the middle of the night and check like is this a is this the it's okay it's not they they kept coming back negative but uh i still felt pretty terrible i'm just kidding i have no idea what the purpose of the covid test is other than making a bunch of money and trying to get the numbers up and uh scamming people into uh having to take them so they can go back to work Uh, i didn't take a covid test but uh yeah i i don't know i had a feeling this was covid related like to thank my uh, co-host for driving 20 minutes away and uh, bringing a nebulizer and uh, 
some food grade hydrogen peroxide that was uh super cool of you i appreciate you very much and i do think things that was like a a pivotal point things started to turn for the better after that good so that when my wife did get a little bit sick we hit the hit her with the same stuff and uh i mean she's over it in like two days so nice yeah well yeah thank you terry yes Hopefully he's still listening, but uh, that was his his yeah. essay that's up on our website and the links that he linked to. So that's right. If you go to our website, go to essays and then self sufficient healthcare for COVID, and he talks about this. So um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. I, actually, I, it's pretty cool. It was helpful. I was able to, to calm down quite a bit. So anyway, I recommend yeah, that and the. The astaxanthin, I think, might have helped. And then uh, the old Zavardo kits. Not that I have any of those, but I just heard that they would be helpful <laughs> if I had them. It would be yeah. helpful. All right. Well, that's that's good because uh, we so both have, have small children, and we're about to get the... Uh, if you don't get them the vaccine, you're a bad parent propaganda, which... <laughs> I, Spoiler alert, uh, not going to work. <laughs> well, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, I've heard that before and still don't care. Yeah. So. It, do other people get excited for the opportunity to fill out the vaccine waiver form? Or is that just me? You get excited? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to say? I think I started out with... <laughs> With the back, I I kept it short and sweet. You know this. Um, I just said vaccines are poison, and vaccines uh, need to go the way of leeches and other medical quackery. So, wow, that's it's interesting because I think out of the two of us, we always say I'm the confrontational one, and you're the non-confrontational one. However. I get an overwhelming sense of dread when I have to fill out the vaccine forms and you're excited about it. This is a weird, this is a weird, uh, little snapshot. (laughs) So there's, yeah. Uh, I was, I, I wish I was joking about the small children, but they're, they're rolling it out. Uh, are you ready for a, let me get this straight clip. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for a clip. Tell me which one it is, and I'll I'll, I'll get do it while I'm talking here. What do we got? We'll do the uh, Dr. Claire Craig on Pfizer trial for small children. Perfect. Okay. Uh, let me see if I got this straight though. Europe, in like Sweden, Germany, many places have suspended COVID vaccines for people under 30 because mm-hmm. of the risk of myocarditis and other things. Yes. Meanwhile, here in the United Mean- States, six months to five years. Yeah, six-month-olds, because, well, you know, we've talked about why it is, why they have to push it through so that it can be on the schedule yep. and so that they get the on, the on the schedule, on the vaccine schedule immunity. And by immunity, I'm talking about Pfizer's legal immunity and that's why they're still not um that's why there's 
their FDA approved vaccine still hasn't been given to anyone in, in the U.S. Hmm. Only their emergency use author, authorized vaccine. But long term, they have to get it on the schedule, which means it's got to be all the way down to six months old. And that's the reason for pushing this through, even when, uh, as as you'll hear from this clip, they know it's really bad news. Oh, yeah, let's go. I'm Dr. Claire Craig. I'm a diagnostic pathologist, and I'm co-chair of the Heart Group. <laughs> and I want to take you through the evidence that Pfizer just presented to the FDA on the six-month to four-year-old children. There's an awful lot about this trial that has shocked me and I think will shock you too. The trial recruited 4,526 children aged from six months to four years old. 3,000 of these children did not make it to the end of the trial. That is a huge number, two-thirds of them. Why was there this drop-off? That needs to be answered. And without an answer to that, on that basis alone, this trial should be deemed null and void. So what did the trial show? Well, they defined severe COVID as children who had a slightly raised heart rate or a few more breaths per minute. There were six children aged two to four who had severe COVID in the vaccine group, but only one in the placebo group. So on that basis, the likelihood that this vaccine is actually causing severe COVID is higher than the likelihood that it isn't. There was actually one child who was hospitalized in this trial They had a fever and a seizure. They had been vaccinated. So now let's turn to what they defined as any COVID. And what they did was to utterly twist the data. They vaccinated the children and they waited three weeks after the first dose before the second dose. In that three week period, 34 of the vaccinated children got COVID and only 13 in the placebo group, which worked out as a 30% increased chance of catching COVID in that three week period if you were vaccinated. So they ignored that data. And then there was an eight week gap between the second dose and the third dose, where again, children were getting plenty of COVID in the vaccine arm, so they ignored that data. There was then seven weeks after the third dose, which they also ignored, which meant that in the end, they had ignored 97% of the COVID that occurred during the trial. And they just looked at tiny numbers, so tiny. In the end, they were comparing three children in the vaccine arm who had COVID with seven in the placebo arm. And they said that this showed the vaccine was effective. Safe and effective? Safe and effective. So I should have jotted down all the numbers, but first of all, 4,500 kids, not that many, you know, compared to several million children that you want to give this to. But of the 4,500, 3,000 were thrown out of the trial, which means either did they have a bad reaction and didn't bad, get the second bad, dose? Bad kids. Yeah, did they? They're just bad you know, kids. You can't have bad kids like that. You you have to like at least explain what happened to those 3,000 kids. Bad kids, man. You can't have bad kids in the trial. They still alive? Uh, you know. Are they in the hospital? You know, so, okay, so we're, we're throwing out 3,000 children out of the study, and we're only looking at 1,500, and I think you got the clicky mouse going there. Oh, thank you. 
And Sick brain. So, and then you heard all the other shenanigans. Okay, you got COVID, but you got it right after you got the vaccine, so that doesn't count. We're only going to look after the vaccine starts working. Which is like three weeks or something, right? So you were... The reality is the kids were far more likely to get COVID if they were vaccinated, but the, you know, you take 4,500 kids and you work it down and, and mess with the numbers and decide, you know, the children that got COVID during the window that we say matters, uh, three versus seven, therefore safe and effective. So when the only hospitalized child in the study of the you know i don't know how many of the three thousand they threw out were hospitalized but of the 1500 they counted was a vaccinated child wow so that's i mean it is and this is why i am you know i've been here for a long time but more and more sure of the intentional evil hypothesis as opposed to the they just don't know what's going on. Those dumb politicians and dumb bureaucrats and greedy pharmaceutical companies. Like, no, I don't, you know, no one's greedy enough to say like, yeah, we're going to mess up millions of kids for money. Like there's, there's a, it's evil. That's what it is. So, and there's, I can't believe there's as many people deceived by it i mean it's, it's that's the question i had for you is there a lot of people you think they're gonna get it you know that uh the 30 percent that are all in yeah you know they're they're still all in i think i, I saw mean, some guy i saw some guy it was 100 degrees out today and at, <laughs> at in the golf course parking lot there's a, a dude he was not a golfer i don't know what he was doing there Wearing a mask by himself in the parking lot, hundred degrees. It's what in Oklahoma? Come on! So they're they're out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say even about I've noticed that about this side of the city, lots more masks than there was down the other side of the city. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, it's more rural been, down there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and. For comparison, though, to the Northwest, we're oh, talking like, yeah. you know, no. maybe one uh, to five percent masks as opposed to twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, twenty-five is actually low. I hear people still going to the you know grocery stores right near my old house where they're saying that you know almost everybody's masked up inside the grocery store. It's just the even, new, even though it's not required. It's the new way of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even okay. So, I don't know, man. That's, uh, I just, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what you said last week, or I guess it wasn't last week, it was a couple weeks ago, but you said that you could tell a society about how they treat their kids, and uh, we're not looking too great. No, no, not looking great at all. So, I've, you know, we've talked plenty about the vaccine, but I, there's still some uh, conspiracy theorizing that we haven't got into. So, did you see the... Uh, actually, you might have sent it to me. The thousands of cows dying in Kansas? Yeah. Okay. So, 
correct me if I'm wrong. My well, what was the initial mainstream explanation for that event? Climate change, heat wave, or there was another one. Uh, I don't know. They tried to pin that on a bovine respiratory virus. Oh. Because that's what a, a bovine respiratory virus does is kills thousands of cows at the same exact time. That was so weird. Yeah. So they that was too ridiculous. So then they went to the heat wave, which, again, wasn't that hot. It was a lot hotter this week. I don't know if there's lots of cows dying in Kansas this week, but uh, then the week that, that this happened, and it reminded me of the half marathon story in Brooklyn, where right. you had 16 runners who collapsed, one died, you know, they all had to be vaccinated, and they blamed that on the heat too, and said, um, you know, oh, it's, it's, you know, hot, climate change, whatever, and it was 70 degrees. And it was it was warmer than seventy last week, but it was not like kill every cow, hot. Just no, wasn't. no. In my old house, as you know, uh, I I had to drive by three cow pastures full of cows, uh, and then at one point you go down a dirt road in between. So I mean, there was cows on both sides. So we got kind of up close and personal with them last, you know, since November last year, and. Uh, it's weird, like on the days where it was hot, and it was hot a few of those days before I moved out, it was, you know, in the 90s and up, uh, you you knew it was going to be hot, obviously, I, I knew it was going to be hot because of the weather and all the other, other things, but when you drove out of, from the house, you could see the cows behaving differently, because they knew, like it's about to be hot, and so I would look over and there'd be a bunch of cows, like laying in shade, and not even moving, just laying. Right. You got like one tree, and there's be like yeah. six cows. Yeah, the and they're all legs folded underneath them, just laying there. And up until you know summer started, I never saw that. That was never a thing. You know, you go by and they're eating right. food, and they're but no, they're just sitting there, just laying in the shade and breathing hard and just getting ready for it. Because yeah, so big surprise, big shocker. I know that everybody else out there isn't from Oklahoma or live here. But uh, so it's like this some far off place. But there's been cows here for a real long time, like a real long time. And it's been hot here for a real long time. So somehow we've managed to coexist with those two things going on. So the story is complete baloney. Did you see the newest version? Um, maybe don't don't spoil my kicker here. All right. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Right. So the. I, I threw in a few vaccine propaganda articles into the folder so if people, you know, for the... It might be the same person who wants all our back episodes. Uh, whoever actually looks at the show links, you'll be like, CanadianCattleman.ca? What is <laughs> What are all these? It's just some, like, sample vaccine propaganda stories from that site. It's from the same guy just being like, oh, you know... You got to get vaccinated. You got to vaccinate all your cows. And the reason I found it is because I was looking up mRNA cattle vaccines. I had looked into it before, and yes, it is a thing. So they are doing the same mRNA stuff, and they were they were doing it earlier on cows and than people. And 
I just think it's interesting that you had the weird thing where um, initially this has kind of gone away. They're like, oh, we need these super cold freezers for these mRNA vaccines because if you let them warm up, you know, it's a it's a problem. And then, but the idea was once it's in your body, it's not a problem because it all just you know stays in the arm muscle. It's fine and make an MR, which we know isn't true. It goes through your body. So I'm wondering if there's a, a connection there with the mRNA or the kind of this type of vaccine making people and cows more sensitive to heat. Hmm. Just throwing it out there. But. That's an interesting idea. So this would be along the same vein as bioweapon, uh, like Lyme disease, which they gave oh. to ticks to give to people. Uh, but in this case, you can say, oh my gosh, you know, global warming's killing all of the cows. Global warming's well, killing all of the Yeah, which are, chicken. you know, so we need to eat soy burgers instead. And uh, this, I happened to find this today, uh, this... Return to now.net. Let me see if I can find the right. Oh, let's see. Being okay. contrary is not caring. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's that's you got some, vaccine propaganda. Some real things. vaccine propaganda here. You're complaining couldn't... about those ranchers that don't want to shoot their cows full of vaccines and don't want to take the COVID vaccine themselves? Come on. This is Canada. We take every vaccine. All right. So uh, FDA approved gene-edited heat-tolerant cows three months before 10,000 cows die in heat wave. Okay. The new global warming-resistant cows will have short hair to help them cope with the heat. Just three months before approximately 10,000 cows mysteriously... Interruption. Sorry. Uh, So I did live in the, the place... Near the cows for the last, since last November. Yes. During which there were several times where it was 20 degrees? <laughs> yeah. Fahrenheit for our international listeners. With snow and ice and like a negative wind chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. the river frozen over. and River yeah. frozen over. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Remember that? The yeah. Pictures of that stuff this winter. How do you think your short-haired cattle are going to fare during that? <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's just, we're just being lied to on every. It's like, look, <laughs> look. God made cows. <laughs> cows live on Earth. Can we just leave it alone? Like they're fine. Just leave them alone. Yeah. But we got to shoot them up and mess up the thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. I'll continue with the story there. So. Uh, The FDA rushed gene-edited, heat-tolerant beef cattle through the approval process in record speed with very little publicity. I didn't hear about it. I don't know, until this article. The cattle's genomes have been edited using CRISPR technology so that they have slick, short coats helping them withstand heat. Cattle that aren't stressed by heat can pack on weight more easily in feedlots, making for more efficient meat production, the LA LA Times notes. I threw that article in there, too. Uh, but it's behind a paywall, so we won't read that one. But short-haired cows are the third genetically altered animals approved by the FDA for human consumption. Can you name the other two? 
I think you could get one. I don't know. What do we got? RBST? No, no, no. The genetically altered animals. Oh. Chickens. Pig. Yes, you you got the one I didn't think you were going to Okay, get. hold on. Pig and think, then uh, it's fish. fish. Yeah, fish. Sam, salmon, salmon in particular. The GMO salmon. The first being salmon, the second being pigs. Although GMO salmon hasn't gotten much traction in the marketplace and GMO pigs are mainly mainly being used for medical purposes rather than food. It's because the salmon that's farmed is gross, much less the genetically modified salmon. Yeah. Heat-tolerant cows are brought to you by the same biotech company, Recombinetics, that created gene-edited hornless cows, which, according to MIT have a major screw-up in their DNA. During the approval process, FDA scientists found that in addition to bovine DNA, the hornless cattle also contained a stretch of bacterial DNA, including a gene-conferring antibiotic resistance, and were therefore not approved. Way to go, FDA scientists actually doing something. Uh, The Organic Consumers Association has published a series of articles on the risks and unintended consequences of CRISPR technology, including extensive genetic mutations and gene damage. And we've talked about it before. They go in and change something, and then that screws something else up. So then they got to go back in and fix what they screwed up before, and you have a never-ending sequence of messing up our genome. It's almost like... uh, God does a better job than uh, big pharma scientists. Hold on, I want, I want you. Can you read that last sentence again? Or can you say that last sentence again? That they keep messing it up, and then they have to keep doing updates and changing things. Yeah. 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 So they they go in with CRISPR and they change something mm-hmm. to make it. And this is what. Uh, this is what Moderna has struggled with. You know, they going back to a, a super simple. Uh, it's like, oh, this is easy. We just change this one gene here, problem solved. And nope, it messed everything else up. And that's why they weren't able to get any anything approved. You know, ten years into the, or actually more than ten, but a decade plus into being a company, still had no approved products until COVID and their. Magical mRNA COVID vaccine. So this whole thing kind of sounds like, I don't know, a Windows machine? Yes. <laughs> you go in, change one thing, and then you have to come back and add another patch and another driver and another update. And Yeah. Yeah. So they, they are screwing up the cows that were fine in the heat before, and now they already hit, gets because they have the solution ready for the gene edited cows that can tolerate the heat and if you don't you don't want to eat gmo cow don't worry you can have gmo soy in a impossible burger instead so oh yeah well you got it i got a lot of stuff so i don't know i know you got a lot of stuff i I don't have much i I do have some things, but I, you're in a kind of a. I got a farmer talking about the new OSHA extremes. That's you know, what do we got here? Oh, that's uh, yeah. Let's play that clip. Got it. Again, this administration's agenda is to control the food and control the people. 
Biden wants to push OSHA into an extreme heat index for outside workers. You guys want to know what he thinks is hot? 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Let me tell you, here in Tennessee, it gets humid. And I push past because guess what? My girls still got to get fed, and that's my priority. And I chose this life in agriculture to feed you and your families. And they are trying to put fear in our lives. They're trying to kill off the American farmer. I know. We moved from California because regulations were getting so bad. And they were providing water to Los Angeles and San Francisco instead of the Central Valley. And they're doing it across America, trying to regulate our land, take our land, take our water rights. It is happening. It is time to wake up and start supporting your local farmers and buy local. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and the, the girls she's referring to are a bunch of cows, just FYI. Of course. Of course. So. I can't see the video, but. Yeah. So uh, I learned OSHA's something. saying 80 degrees, you have to have like, you basically can't make pe- people work if it's hotter than 80 degrees. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a problem for oh, yeah, uh, it's a, farm it, labor. It's a problem. It's a problem here. Yeah. You wake up in the morning at seven in the morning and mow the lawn while it's only 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the entire southern U.S. pretty much. Is, yeah. So I learned something this week that I had never actually heard before. And then it was actually even mentioned on no agenda, uh, whatever the most recent one was a couple days ago. Um, you, you see this, you've, I've seen the famous picture of, uh, the Buffalo, uh, skulls stacked up and people standing on them. And it just talks about how bison were like, you know, this river of bison that ran through the North American continent, uh, but I always heard that uh, we killed them all uh, because we're bad. That's pretty much that's pretty much all I've ever learned. Right, it's l- just like overhunting, basically. Yeah, overhunting, and yeah. we killed them all because we're bad and we suck. If I heard this week that that actually wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to starve out the Indians and make them more dependent on government. Yeah, so it's the it was the government that was bad. And it wasn't like the the pioneers, you know. Oh, let's go kill a bunch of buffalo willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that, they had the military doing it, right? It was. I don't know. I just I just started hearing about this recently, and uh, and it just it kind of blew my mind. It's like that is exactly what's happening to us now. They're going to make climate change real by destroying food processing plants, crops, cattle, chickens. And then they're going to say, oh, crisis, don't worry, we can get you your... your, uh, We just happen to be building all these other food processing facilities. Yeah, and we can get you your soil and green. You just got to come and give us your social, you know, your credit score or your social credit score and take your vaccines and then you get free soil and green or CBDC, you get a free CBDC and, you know, deposit in your account. Rebate for all the ga- high gas prices, but you got to be <laughs> you have to be compliant. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. That's insidious, and it might just work as a problem because yep. people are addicted to their own comfort. Yeah, that, that is yeah, I don't, not I, a good thought. 
will it work? Will it not work? I I don't know. I kind of go back and back and forth on it. I, like I said a couple of shows ago, I think it's there's some divine intervention. You know, it it'll from a human perspective, I think it'll work. But if if God says no, it's not time yet, then it's, it's not going to work. We'll get a, a reprieve of some sort. But yes, it is an active agenda, and uh, you'll you'll notice a, a theme through some of the the rest of these clips. So on No Agenda Social, um, someone posted a YouTube video, and I started watching it. And started out a little slow, and, and, and anyway, I ended up skipping forward, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. So I w- went back and watched the whole thing, and ended up clipping a lot of it, and this. Um, let me find the clip here. So, Roots and Refuge is the YouTube channel, and people out there listening are probably like, duh, don't you know Roots and Refuge? Because it's got 600,000 subscribers. It's okay. Huge. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, a gal who you'll hear her talking about it, uh, some of how she ended up doing what she's doing. But the kind of the backstory on this particular video, she's got a greenhouse there. She does most of most of her videos are like, here's how to grow tomatoes or here's how to whatever. Kind of homesteading type stuff. So she I'm not sure how she found out. I think stuff just wasn't growing. And it turns out that her soil that she had got and brought into the greenhouse was poisoned with uh uh, grazon, which is hmm. an herbicide, and she'll she'll explain some of it. So that's that's kind of catching you up to this point in the clip. It's a long clip, and so if you want to talk about something, just stop it, and we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. What the gen- that is that it? Yes. General consensus is is that the issue that I have in mind is also an aminopyrrolid issue, which is a contaminant in the soil that comes from an herbicide that is sprayed on grass crops. That it's it's called a broadleaf herbicide. It's typically known as Grazon. It's created by Dow, and it can stay in the soil for at least four years, causing issues. And I made this comment the other day about, well, I just find it devastating that while gardening is so imperative because of food prices and shortages that this is happening. And I had many people say enough that, I mean, when you're talking to this large of an audience, you can say something and even the minority is, you know, dozens of people. And I had people saying, well, don't start with that. Don't start with that conspiracy theory. Don't act like somebody's poisoning our soil. And... I am very much of the mind that if you see something wrong in the world, you figure out what the next step you can do to change it. To go against the grain, to go against the norm, to go against the mainstream, and do what you know is right. Whenever I look at commercial food production, I, from the realization of not wanting to have anything to do with that, my next step has been grow a garden, raise my own food, cook from scratch, support local farmers, support people doing things the way that I believe they should be done, and try to remove myself from a system that I see is so clearly broken. Regarding this and the idea that somehow it's a conspiracy theory that there's poison in our soil and that's a problem and issues 
keep coming up. And you could try to say that it's a coincidence that all of these things are happening at the same time. You could, you could have that argument. I don't really care. I'm going to grow a garden either way. But the idea that it's a conspiracy theory, that there is a company that creates a poison that we routinely put in our earth. The company also creates the fertilizer that's necessary after you use the poison to get anything to grow at all. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the truth. Our system is broken and we humans are, are regularly poisoning the earth right now. The earth that we desperately need to not be poisoned in order to feed us. And yes, it makes me furious that home gardeners are losing the option of going and just purchasing the resources from companies who are trying to do things the right way so that they could have just some little bit of freedom and food sustainability and security. And they're losing that option because this poison is seeping into places that it's not intended to be. That makes me real mad. It makes me furious that that poison exists in the first place. At no point in history until the last hundred years have we been poisoning the earth the way that we are right now. And while yes, I have had people be like, you can't possibly want to eat this stuff that grows out of this high toner. You can't possibly feed that to your children. Do you honestly think that you are existing in this earth right now and not being affected by the toxins that we are regularly spraying all over everything? Like, honestly, if you are eating any meat that is grown commercially where you're going to the store and purchasing it unless maybe it's organic and pastured but even then what do those labels mean exactly do you know the person who raised it if you were eating any of that stuff you were eating stuff that was raised on gmo soy gmo corn gmo beets and yes they have been sprayed with god knows what toxins and chemicals and yes cancer rates are through the roof and yes disease is through the roof and all of this stuff is going on and we're going conspiracy theory no it's not and until we can open our eyes and see that our system is extraordinarily broken and do whatever it takes to take some power back into our own hands and support people who are doing this differently, we're going to just keep falling prey to it. And I, I don't want to do that. And so, no, I'm not going to scrape this, this nasty soil out of my high tunnel and, and just go buy something that I know is good and put it in there. I'm going to figure out how to fix it. That's, that's really where I'm at. I, I want to figure out... How do you heal the earth after someone has, has come to destroy her? Again, with that language of people being like, well, somebody's doing this. You're right. There is a very, very broken system. Who's in charge of it and why they're doing it, that you could all speculate on. But the truth of the matter is the fact that I have told people, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a herbicide that's going on here. And they've been like, Oh, it's, it's probably this. It's not something that's been done on purpose. It's probably, it's probably just, it's just Grazon. And I'm like, just Grazon? Oh, it's just that poison that we spray on our earth, that we spray on the grass crops and the corn crops, that we feed our animals and then we consume what they produce. Is that, that's just that. It's just that poison. Don't, it's not somebody trying to hurt you. It's just that poison. And I disagree with that entirely. And I, you know, I've had enough of people being like, get off your high horse. And I just want to be like, you know what? Get off your couch. This makes me feel very powerless. It makes me feel moments that it feels very hopeless. Because when I see how far reaching the problem is and the, the seemingly tininess of any solution that's within my grasp, 
I think, how in the world could you take on this giant with just a few little stones and a slingshot? That's what it feels like. The The beauty is, is I know that that, that can work. And when I first started talking about the broken food system, um, all I could do was grow a garden and shop at the farmer's market. That's the only thing that I could do was just grow a garden and shop at the farmer's market. And that's what I did. And it's, it's, it felt so, so small, like a raindrop in a swimming pool. And I've been thinking about this and actually looked it up. Do you know it takes 50 billion raindrops to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool? 50 billion. That's like 50 billion? There aren't even 50 billion of us. Like, how in the world can you make a difference with the raindrop effort when you're talking about a really big problem? But then I thought about it, and you know, when I first started to realize how broken the system was, it's been probably about 15 years ago, and I started to make these little decisions. And I started to drive out to farms to buy milk and to find a source of grass-fed beef and to do these little things. And each one of those little raindrops added up. And the next thing I knew, you know, just in my own personal life, before YouTube, I was, I was making thousands of raindrop decisions, little decisions that, that just added up of where I was spending my money and how I was doing these things. And then YouTube happened. And I'm like, now I wonder how many tomatoes were not put in plastic bags at the grocery store and driven home? And how many of those plastic bags were not thrown in the trash because somebody watched a video on YouTube about how to grow tomatoes. How many raindrops is that? And I think maybe we could fill a swimming pool with the raindrops of decisions that we're making. And I think maybe if you put an Olympic-sized swimming pool in the middle of a shopping mall and then you emptied it, it might destroy the place. And so I really think that if you look at this broken system and it feels so massive that you're like, how in the world could I make a difference here? I genuinely believe with my most earnest and honest self, you just make the little decisions. You just take the little stand, you pick up the little stone, you put it in your slingshot and you know that doing what is right it matters. And so I'm not going to tear out all the soil in this greenhouse. And the fact is, is that I could. I could tear the, the soil out of this greenhouse because of YouTube. That could call this a loss. They're refunding me for the soil. It sucks I lost the plants, but I could tear this out. I could put more soil in. We could start fresh in two weeks. Um, and it'd be, it'd, it'd, you know, I could count my sunk costs and move forward. But I don't want to do that. I want to I want to collect raindrops here. This morning, Will got back from being on vacation, and I told him what I wanted to do, and he brought the stuff to make compost tea and all these different stuff. And he goes, you know, of anybody that this could have happened to, I think it's best that it happened to you because now people are going to learn about how to deal with this. And that's what I want to do. I want to do the next little thing in front of me, and I want to put one more drop in the swimming pool and know that at some point it's going to make a difference. And I want to tell you guys, it's not normal to spray poison on the earth. It's not normal to eat things that give us cancer. It, that is not the way we were designed. That is not the way plants were designed to grow. That was not the way the earth was designed to heal itself. That's not the way animals were designed to be raised. And it has not been until the last hundred years that all of these things have become just normal. 
and it's not normal to me. And I refuse to pretend like it's normal. I would really like to set an example that it's completely okay to think that it's not normal for poison to be sprayed on the earth. To think that animals should not be raised the way that they're being raised in feedlots where they never see grass, where they're just fed hay and corn that's been sprayed with a poison so great that it still lingers after it's gone through their digestive tract. They're four stomachs and it still can poison your garden. That's not normal. And the solution to that for me is not to just sweep it under the rug. The solution to that is to heal the little bit of the earth that I have to heal. Hmm. Wow. It was a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and I was going to try to clip it, but it's already so highly edited. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. tough to get clips out of that. But For sure. But I'm, you know, she doesn't have to convince me they're poisonous on purpose. <laughs> That's my thing. But I thought that was good. Yeah, for and it, sure. I think I, it's true. You know, I've got a substack in the works. It's been forever. But uh, working on one kind of with that theme of like, yes, it's a huge, you know, evil system. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to come up with a huge system to combat it. it I think it is those little decisions that make the difference. You know, not not voting, but other little decisions. So. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's that's ultimately the only choices we have. I <laughs> excuse me. I hate to follow up that wonderful rant about all the little decisions you can make but i mean i don't know over this last month or so i've been tempted i've been like so how much is a house in central america (laughs) how much is a house in the jungle of costa rica yeah you know because it's getting wild out here it's getting wild yeah but it's getting wild Lots of places. No, it is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's not. There's not. There's nowhere to run. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Portugal's where all the rich people go, and it's the most vaccinated country on earth. Ugh. That's the European. And thought, believe it or not, th- it's not going very well there. But, I've, yeah. I've always thought New Zealand. I think New Zealand's the spot. It's like the lucky place right now. Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. No, this is where, uh, not not the people, no, not the population, but the the elites. That's the spot. That's where they're going. It's they the, get, it, they get the, yeah. the freedom pass to yep. do whatever they want. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yes. I mean, that's the issue. It's it's like you don't get to go there and do whatever you want. No. You get that psycho from the World yeah. Economic Forum running it, things. Exactly. Lucinda, yeah. the yeah. vaccines, the vaccines. Yeah. You couldn't even get into the country, I don't no, think. Eric Schmidt can. Eric Schmidt just picks up the phone yeah. and pulls in his yacht, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, I don't know, I've seen in a lot of places people are talking about that the many people, many of the elites are fleeing to or have homes in uh, New Zealand. So. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I like where I'm at here and. Yeah, I'd, with the 
I don't think you need a you don't need a vaccine, but you need a COVID test to come into the country, right? To back into our country, like if we left to come back in. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, they may have actually removed that. I'm not sure. No, I don't think they did. I think that's still the way it is. But you know, I'm I'm not getting a COVID test, and it it kind of feels like that's one of the choke points of where they can where they really have control is leaving and coming back to the country so no that's that's accurate i mean that's that's what the issue was with gosh we were talking to, we, had, we had a donor last week who was worried that she couldn't get out of canada until they yeah i think just changed it so and i know that people couldn't get out of australia either um unless you were moving so like supposedly if you said you were moving you could get out but hmm. yeah <laughs> they'll, they'll let you leave <laughs> kind of surprised mm. supposedly I don't know I don't know I don't see a lot of people visiting Canada or Australia lately no you can barely get mail in there it's crazy <laughs> it's true well um, maybe that clip inspires me to start a compost heap you know get a back- yeah. backyard garden going this is what we're talking about. Your your neighborhood needs some compost heaps. <laughs> Excuse this me. Is, it's probably against the uh, HOA. It is a hundred percent against the HOA. Oh yeah. I think you should put some chickens back there. I think back. Happens. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Backyard garden and uh, chickens definitely going to be against the HOA at this, you, in this neighborhood. I mean. It's only 45 minutes away, but that is a big change from, like, basically a farm to <laughs> to a, a country club neighborhood there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. I just want a house of my own. I'm sick of this uh, vagabond stuff. Uh, well, you know, it's like the uh, the meme... With the Grim Reaper, mm-hmm. yeah. it's already yeah. knocked on uh, crypto yeah. and whatever. It's knocking on the door of the real estate bubble there, so you might get a cheaper house. I might get a cheaper house with the old 6% interest rate. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, if it's, you know, mm. at, at some point that you can always refinance, you might know a guy. So Figure out how to refinance. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Where to next? So, on the, I guess we could let's let's keep on with the poison for a little while longer, and then we okay. got some. Uh, so, a quick question. <clears throat> I was just looking at uh, looking up grazon poisoning, trying to see like what's in it or grazon, yeah. where it came came from, what it's used for. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize for my throat and cough and whatnot. Um, huh. What, what, what's what's the theory? This is this your, is this your chem chemtrails kick or? Uh, no, not necessarily. It's just that it. So, it's an. Er, I looked up a little. I think I threw an article in there, just like a company fact sheet. What is mm. Grazon used for? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the dangers of Grazon herbicide? Oh, there's basically nothing. It's totally fine. Uh, so it's. 
The chemicals used to control herbaceous weeds and some woody plants without killing desirable lawn and turf grasses. So it's, it's funny. I just, like, I just read that. Yeah. So kind of like, and then there's, I think in the same thing. Oh, can you mix Grazon and Roundup? I would recommend mixing Grazon with, with the glyphosate. Some careless weeds are resistant to glyphosate, but P plus D, I guess that's what's in Grazon, will smoke them. If you only want to kill broadleafs and leave the grass, just spray the Grazon. Uh, is Grazon safe for cattle? Oh, uh, 2,4-D or Grazon is safest for cattle. Is it non-issue? Is both are safe for grazing cattle? There you go. So the... Yes, it's kind of like a... In the same family as glyphosate, I guess. It's so weird. It's, I'm reading... it's stuff that's being purpose... You know, acknowledge that it's spraying. It's just supposed to go away and doesn't go away for four years and it can like she was talking about you know cows can eat grass or hay with that's been sprayed with it and it survives all the way through their digestive system just doesn't go away so it's like sucralose yeah um well i to to really bring it home how deadly this grazon is I'm actually looking at a picture right now of it killing a blackberry bush. And for you and I from the Northwest, that, <laughs> it takes a lot to kill a blackberry bush. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Because blackberry bushes don't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to be blackberry bushes. So, anyway, toxic, yeah, you, toxic stuff. I never even heard of it. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard of it either. That's the thing. I mean, you just kind of like, uh, pesticides you kind of think it the pesticide stays where it's sprayed but that's not not the case and we i just we have talked a lot about glyphosate but that was a new one a headline that they think that their soil excuse me soil was poisoned from manure so they got grazon poisoning from manure which makes makes me wonder was the grazon sprayed on the manure or the cows eating the grazon which is in the manure i mean it's right no no i think the idea is that it's the manure is coming from cows that were exposed to grazing. Wow. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Monsanto, and th- this one's Dow Chemical, you know, another, another banner company there. Uh, but don't worry. If you want to hear some Monsanto poisoning, we've got some... RFK Jr. talking to David Carpenter again clips. So oh, good. He's, he's the guy that talked about the bees. You want to go to the... Let me see which which one should go first. Okay. Um, RFK, it's the one at the bottom. RFK, David Carpenter, Monsanto, PCBs. So uh, PCB is polychlorinated biphenyls. Yeah, we know. I know what the, the old PCBs are. Yeah. Well, phthalates, it's not just one chemical, just like PCBs are not just one chemical. There are uh, some 50 clip. different kinds of phthalates. My fault? What, what, are, we, what are we on? Uh, Monsanto PCB, my fault. I've been very involved in health effects of PCBs. Uh, you know, they were manufactured from the late 1920s. 
Nobody thought they did anything harmful till they were banned by the Toxic Substance Control Act in the late 70s. Now, what we find is our knowledge of how dangerous they are is growing much more rapidly than these chemicals, which are persistent, are being reduced in our environment and also in our, in our bodies. I was just on another case yesterday of the harm that children in a school near Seattle, Washington, have suffered because of the PCBs in the air in their school. And if you have a chemical in the air, you breathe it every moment of the day that you're in that building. And these children have serious neurobehavioral effects and are going to be at risk for other more chronic diseases as they grow older. Uh, and people should know this. Uh, at the time when PC, when Monsanto knew, Monsanto was the manufacturer of PCBs at the time and they in the early 70s, Monsanto knew that PCBs were about to be banned. They figured out a way to get rid of their stocks, which was to mix it up in window caulking and sell the window caulking to all of these new schools that were being built to accommodate the baby boomers. In some states, up to 30% of the schools have high, very astronomically high levels of PCB in the window caulking. And when it gets hot in that schoolroom, the PCBs mobilize out of the window caulking into the air. And then they go into the furniture, they go into the rugs, they go into the curtains. And every time there's a little warmth in that room, the air is saturated with PCBs. And the little kids who are studying in that classroom are inhaling it. They're suffering IQ loss. They're suffering all kinds of uh, neurological problems and behavioral issues. And they are all at risk. And So... One thing I'll take issue with David Carpenter there is how do you know they didn't know it was a poison? When when they found out it was getting banned, the reaction was like, oh no, we'd better hide our involvement with this stuff or, or not use it. No, it was, let's figure out a way to get it into the window caulking of all the new schools that are going up so kids are exposed to this stuff for the next 50 years. I didn't know about this story, man. This is crazy. I just, yeah. uh, what, when is this? Two years ago. So this is, I just found a story on ProPublica from 2018. This is in Monroe, just outside Seattle. Uh, holy smokes. Is That's, that the one he, he was referring yeah, to? Yeah, he, he said it's a, near a, public, yeah. a public school near Seattle. So I just started listening. I just searched PCB Seattle something or other on... What did I search it on? Neva. And uh, yeah, this whole article pops up. This is crazy. Snohomish County Health. I used to live. I mean, that was that's our county. Snohomish County. That's where we used to live. I mean, that's... I had no idea about this, man. Yeah. And they... So it wasn't just the schools. You know, it was a lot of you know, houses the, built then, too. But the, he goes through... Washington is the windows, you know, are never closed. Yeah. It just well, it, or well, I mean, the excuse, thing, they're, they're always closed. Like it's always cold. There's always heat on or something. And, ugh. Well, so it gets released when it gets hot, but once it gets released, it stays 
mm. a problem. And, you know, they're not cooling the schools in the summertime when there's no kids there. Oh, they'll let them, yeah. They'll yeah. let them sit in the sun with the, you know, 90-degree weather with the stuff leaching off. And then when the kids come back in September, oh, here you go. You got some, some PCB exposure. And isn't it coincidental that it attacks intelligence? It, it always attacks intelligence and... What's the other eugenics agenda? Minorities. Fertility. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I so the, he talks more about PCBs in New York, but I, I wanted the Seattle uh, example there. But then he goes on to talk about phthalates, and that's the <laughs> we get. We get more uh, more eugenics angle on it, and that's the that's the is the other one you started there. So. Well, phthalates it's not just one chemical, just like PCBs are not just one chemical. There are some fifty different kinds of phthalates, and they're added especially into plastics to make the plastic soft, to make them appropriate for use in different situations. Now, the phthalates don't get actually incorporated into the plastic. They're just added to the plastic to change its properties. Again, they were thought not to be dangerous. Now, we all are exposed to phthalates every day. I should have commented that phthalates are very common in personal care products. Your hair conditioner is loaded with phthalates. The reason it makes your hair soft and so forth is because it binds to phthalates. But phthalates are fat-soluble substances, and if you put it on your hair, it goes through your skin and gets in your body. A lot of lotions, lipsticks, underarm deodorants, many of these personal care products have phthalates. They're in your plasticware, they're in your personal care products, and almost all of us are exposed to phthalates every day. Now, they have a variety of adverse health effects. In my judgment, the most serious is that phthalates are weak estrogen receptor agonists. They, they act like estrogen. They're not as effective as estrogen. They don't stay in the human body more than about a day. So you get them in your body, you excrete them fairly quickly. But there are many estrogens. Now, the big concern there is a pregnant woman who is pregnant with the male fetus because the whole development of what's the difference between males and females is the balance between the estrogens and the androgens, the female hormones and the male hormones. Now, increasing evidence that a woman that is exposed to a lot of phthalates, difficult to determine, because as I said, they don't stay in her body very long, but we can monitor someone's exposure to phthalates by looking at the breakdown products of the phthalates in human urine. And so if you take multiple urine samples from a pregnant woman over the course of her pregnancy, you can get a pretty good indication of her overall exposure to phthalates. A number of studies that have been done, Shauna Swan, who's uh, now, I guess, at NYU or Mount Sinai, but used to be at the University of Rochester, has been just a, a world's leader in this, this projects. Let me back up. It's long been known that you can test for estrogenicity or androgenicity, so male hormones, female hormones, 
in rodents, animals, rats, and mice. And people get very interested when you talk about sexual differences. But in the rodents, the distance between the, the female genitals and the anus is quite short, whereas for the males, it's much longer. The extreme is, for example, in other higher mammals, dogs and cattle and deer, where the male organ is really on the belly. But in the rodents, there is this difference between the distance between the anus and the genitals in females, which is much shorter than in males. And a long time ago, it was demonstrated if you give a pregnant rat phthalates, some of the phthalates, not everyone, that the, the male pups would have a shorter anal genital distance. They'd be more like the females. Now, recently, what Shauna has done and a number of other people have done is looked at phthalates, metabolites in the urine of pregnant women, and then examined baby boys. And what they found is the baby boys born to mothers that had high phthalate exposures had small penises, and they were more feminized. More recently, they have studied college students in relation to their mother's exposure to phthalates during birth. So they took these metabolites of phthalates from the mother while she was pregnant, followed the sons until college age, 1822. They found, as they had seen earlier in the infants, smaller genitals, small penis, small testicles. And when they do sperm counts, they found reduced sperm concentration. Now, it's not clear that this really translates to infertility, but it certainly is one of the factors that's responsible for infertility. But I don't think the mothers that are considering having children in the U.S. have any concept of this. There may be other factors that, that this balance between males and females alter, but to have physical differences distance between the anus and the genitals that last for life and reduce sperm count from exposure to phthalates. This is very dangerous. Explains some things, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and I've heard a lot about this between the anus and the, the penis distance thing. Uh, it's all a little bit above my head, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's not just the, uh, what is it, bisphenol A that we have to be worried about. There's other, other things like these phthalates. Yeah. But it's just, it's amazingly coincidental that all the stuff they put into all these products just all goes in the same direction. Killing yeah. your sex, sex drive or killing your ability to reproduce. Well, yeah, the <clears throat> reproduction. I mean, it's... <laughs> and it, actually, I think I've got... One more clip where RFK talks a little more about the whole trans thing. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I, we've been having some serious conversations in my house this week about that, too. Not not anything at all even remotely affecting our family, but just, you know, I've, I've been on a bit of a kick and kind of shared last a couple of weeks ago the mutilated penis and the transgender is too nice, of, <laughs> too nice of a term and you know, yeah. my wife and I have really got to talking about stuff, and it's just crazy that they're going to start doing this to kids. Oh, and that was the other thing that Twitter thread that I sent you, uh, where like the, the 
the guy has now detransitioned and talks about how he regrets it all and how horrible his life is and what the situation yeah. he has down below is pretty terrible not at all like oh now you just have a vagina it's like no now you have this right. like maimed you know he was saying it was like a dead area you can't feel you, anything and it just it, i think you can't actually change your gender ah well you can mutilate your genitalia you cannot well, actually change your gender hold on a second so you say it again <laughs> you cannot yeah, you can't actually change, change your gender. Gender. Are you gonna report me? No, I'm just gonna write. No, I'm just gonna write that down and, and have that for later. It feels like it's good advice. Feels <laughs> feels true. So. All right. You want to play the conclusion? I definitely do. I love anything to do with RFK, except right. maybe Cheryl and her soy burgers. But. <laughs> and so the capacity for these chemicals that we are just raining down on our children right now to induce these very profound sexual changes in them is something we need to be thinking about as a society. Absolutely right. And, you know, I think with all the controversy about gay children, about transgender children, it's the fault of those of us that are adults that have allowed these chemicals to get on the market to interfere with the development of children before they're even born. These changes in sexual behavior in children as well as in adults are not just psychological. These are changes in the brain, especially during development. And it's the fault of our government. It's the fault of people that like the benefit of not having bugs on your windshield that don't think about what they're doing to our children not just our children, to our own bodies, how they change the hormonal balance that regulates our everyday life and especially alters the function of children, whether it be their cognitive function, their reproductive function, their hormonal function. These are all dramatically influenced by these chemicals. I don't mean to say that that's the only influence, but that's an influence we can do something about. And I see no indication in our society they're even recognizing that this is because of the chemicals we've allowed to be used in our environment. Hmm. And it, I didn't clip it, but he, they talked about atrazine, the Alex Jones, that Alex Jones making the freaking famous. fogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> so they talked about that and. I mean, you could see it. Like, look at kids now. They've been poisoned. You know, and that's why I, I look at that whole, I guess, group of people more as victims than as, like, what's wrong, you know. Like, hey, stop being trans, stop being gay, what, whatever. It's like it, they're bearing out the effects of this poisoning. And it's it's very sad, but well, and the, don't forget throw in the old aborted fetal stem cells from a, from a boy, right? The, yeah, the epigenetics and the yeah. I wonder if that could have any impact on. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that MoFax episode, the Henrietta Lacks one? Yeah, yeah that's it's a great episode. Great episode, yeah. but it's crazy. They steal this lady's cancer cells. 
don't even tell her family and keep them alive for what is it 50 60 years they got this thing going and you know we're injecting people with products made using uh amazingly fast reproducing cancer cells what could go wrong <laughs> you know well that's, that's the other other part of it it's yeah i mean scientism hasn't figured out all the all the good stuff they're supposed to be able to do but man they've got some pretty ingenious poisons they got yeah 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 microplastics and plastics is like a i haven't even looked much into it but it's it's not much you can do about it i mean especially these poor people like like myself who had to mask up at work and I didn't yep. wear, very often I didn't wear those uh, surgical ones, but just imagine how full of microplastics those things are. And people yeah, they're are, all... They're, re- they're yep. finding them deep in people's lungs now. Yeah. That was uh, another another way of getting that stuff into you. Because <clears throat> it's a constant battle of, okay, you know, people figure out, this product isn't good so they stop using it and then but there's always there's always another another vector so yeah it's, <laughs> i mean it makes you want to like you were saying flee the you know go live in a rainforest yeah. somewhere undisturbed undeveloped or the old cabin in the woods thing but you know it's just not realistic for for most of us and it's <laughs> But the, I guess the world view of they're poisoning us on purpose and every large company product, part of the goal is likely, you know, not just to make money by selling stuff people want. Part of the goal is this eugenics poisoning agenda. And it's looking at it from that perspective I don't know. Stuff makes a lot more sense than just thinking, oh, they had no idea. They had no idea this chemical did that. And they, had, they thought it was great. But. It's weird to think of, right? Because I don't think that, you know, I, I bet there's people who work for, ugh, I hate to say this, but Bayer or DuPont or Monsanto, well, Monsanto, same, same, uh, but the, who are good, who have, who, who don't know, you know? And I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sure. there's tons yeah. and tons of those people, but it's it's the compartmentalization and the uh, brainwashing and the and the mass propaganda. I mean, it all comes down to mass propaganda. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we can't see what's being done right before our our own eyes to our own bodies and environment because of propaganda is kind of insane. Yeah, and the, the spiritual deception too, and that's what. I mean, when you got people lined up to give their kid the... Ugh. I'm not saying lots of people, but some people are going to give their one-year-old the COVID vaccine. And it's just... It it boggles the mind. The, the spiritual level of hmm. being deceived and and almost fully giving yourself over to the deception, where you're just like, you're in, you know? It doesn't matter. They can tell you... You know, this sky is green, and you will say the sky is green at, at some level. So it's it it is sad to see, but I think there's the the majority of people are still kind of 
maybe you know a tiny bit aware and more so they're just trying to live their lives they're like well i would never try to poison everyone else you know so i'm not, i'm going to assume that right. everyone in those positions has the same outlook as me it's like no they think there's too many people and the demons told them to kill a bunch of us and that's what they're doing so this may come as a surprise to you but i have a uh a uh, one almost two year old in this house. No, not not going to get the the COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. I don't. We would. <laughs> I would have to question my um, persuasive capabilities as a podcaster if my co-host was <laughs> going to get his <laughs> not even two year old vaccinated for COVID. I think we might have to hang up the old uh, <laughs> podcasting mic at that point. <laughs> I like how you're you're done. You're ready to retire from. I mean, yeah, mission yeah. not accomplished in yeah. any way. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> you're like, well, that's it for podcasting for me. I guess I'll just put my, my time into this substack. Yeah. Uh, you keep, keep that needle away from from her there. So. Yeah. Well, I've got some more positive stuff, but do you want to do? Do we have any donations? We have quite a few donations, actually. Let's, you want to uh, do that now? Let's do that, sure. Okay. If you want to... I didn't get... I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling, my friend. I didn't get as much done as I would have wanted to with the donations. I didn't go back and look up people's previous addresses and then put them in if we happen to know where they're from. So, oh, that's uh, okay. So I can't say that. I'll try and do that in the credits. Also, Michael from San Diego, uh, more more specifically Oceanside, wrote me a note this week and said that he was not given a producer credit, and he absolutely was. Episode two seventy six, Michael from Oceanside, California. And I was thinking, if people want their first and last name so that they know it's them, you know, they're more than welcome to do so. We just kind of did that as a anonymity thing, but it certainly doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Uh, it's- Anonymity think. used to be a <laughs> more of a thing than it is now, but yeah, maybe is there a way to do it on the contact form where it's like because you have the can we read your email thing? I don't right. Know yeah, that's true. That's true. I should put it in the contact form. That's a good point. Just say like you want us to use your or list your name as you want it read on air. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, and that's hard too because then we get. PayPal, so people donate to PayPal, but then they've donated over $25, and then I got to email and be like, hey, do you want a book? What's your address? We need your real address. So it's uh, it's not the, the 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 slickest system, but it works for our little podcast. So yeah. if you want to go ahead and get us started here. All right. Uh, Jonathan from Barnhart, Missouri, just up the road. Send us $26. Thank you, Jonathan. And that's uh, one of the ones that uh, emailed as well, and you got him a book out, right? Yes. Yeah, the should be pretty much caught up on book sending, so if you don't get your book in the next couple days, let me know. And for people listening, uh, I think William already has one, I'm pretty sure. And Ian doesn't need one, so I think we're good, actually, on the books. Okay. Ian doesn't need one, and uh, Jason, Jason, who donated this week, the last one. Uh, if you could send in your address, we'll get you a book. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. 
All right. Uh, we got a donation from Les and Gwen. And Man. from parts currently unknown of 5671. And what did you want to say about that? Well, I have something to say about everybody, don't I? Uh, <laughs> they live on a homestead, I believe. Pretty cool. But uh, cool. their email is something, something homestead, I believe. So, uh, anyway, it, good, great to have them listening. And it'd be interesting to see if we can get some boots on the ground on what Grazon is or if they've dealt with any uh, uh, soil poisoning. Yeah. And, you know, if they have a bunkhouse on the property, always a. Always good to have those connections. If they'd like to adopt a 38-year-old <laughs> amateur golfer. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Caroline, and Caroline has donated before. I think this is a recurring donation. I saw her uh, her email, and I, I I don't know, guys. I think I'm, oh, did she? Uh, is she the one who sent me the doctor? videos or is that someone else i don't know but i saw she emailed she returned an email and uh was sharing her homemade liver crisps that she oh yes made. yes yes so yeah we want to we want to report uh tim was not a fan of the <laughs> liver crisps that i gave him so to be fair i got sick directly afterwards so it made me wonder yeah, about the old liver was, crisps <laughs> Liver crisps gave you COVID. There you go. The, yeah. the real cause. Everyone's secretly been eating liver crisps all over the place. So. Yeah. What does that say about that guy on Twitter who like swears liver is going to save us from everything? <laughs> so that's it. Hey, you know, it's it's something that, all joking aside, I think not many of us were eating much liver. So it's true. Uh, Danny from Medford, Oregon, sent us twenty five dollars. Thank you, Danny. And we should George. Just start, start referring to Danny as the boss. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's know if we need to change anything, boss. Yeah. Uh, George, uh, from parts currently unknown, sent Correct. us twenty five dollars. Thank you, George. And uh, if you want a book, yep. Um, I have not sent you one yet, so we need to get one out to George. Just need his address mm-hmm. and. Uh, Valerie has been a consistent contributor. Thank you, Valerie. Sent us $30. Luke sent us his... Also, uh, parts unknown. I don't know if Valerie's got received a book. Oh, I'm pretty sure she has. Yeah. Uh, okay. We, we can double check, but that name's very familiar. I'm gonna, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute my mic and call the back office real quick, see if she's got <laughs> Okay. Hold on just a second. Uh, Luke with his recurring, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, post office box donation of five dollars. Thank you very much, Luke. From from Iowa. Nevada, yeah. Iowa. Not Idaho. Not Idaho. Not Idaho, not Kansas, not uh, <laughs> wherever else you tried to mislocate him. But yeah. at least he your uh, miscountrying was much closer, you know, one one U.S. state to another than than mine was, where I placed one of our emailers in uh, <laughs> Canada rather than Australia. So. I mean, the crown is the crown, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. I, I didn't make, make that, uh, that joke in my apology there, but, <laughs> um, Edward or Ed, and he requested uh, another book, so we sent him one there. Yet another he's, book. He's been hitting people in the mouth with them. He said so. That's thank awesome. You and sent us fifty dollars. Thank you very much from. Mm. Very cool. Waxhaw, North Carolina. Hopefully, I said that right. And uh, God's Property Media sent us fifteen dollars. Thank you very much. I believe is that a. I don't know if that's a. I know it's a multiple time donation is do they send that every month i believe that's the gentleman that you guys that you knew uh, sam I, I i don't know i think so okay well i don't you know since he he put it under god's property media we'll we'll leave it there but his that may or may not be sam if that's who you're talking about yeah i think so let's see and William or Bill uh, has donated several times in the past. Oh yeah, one hundred and thirty-five dollars. This he, is a he's a blast from the past. Pleasant surprise to to see in the this the spreadsheet there. It's a very generous donation. Thank you very much. And I I kind of thought after our our farmers sent us the the. The monster previously that we wouldn't get any donations for a while, so this is this is very cool. And Man, I thought after we didn't do a show, Tim fifty two podcasts a year, Kilkenny over here <laughs> getting COVID or whatever I got, yeah, maybe. getting taken out, yeah. So I, I guess this is close to two weeks, not not two full weeks, but not two full gonna, weeks. Thank goodness you here. saved it on that one. On yeah. that, so Ian. Uh, sent us a hundred dollars. Thank you, Ian. And that's Ian from Western Australia. Yes. Not from Western Canada. Not from Canada. Yes. And uh, Jason, which is this a first-time donation for me? I think I've never seen that name before, so I would say yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Send us $30, and if you want a book, we just need to know your your address, so let us know. Absolutely. Not, you know, it's a... Some parts of the book held up pretty well, and some parts didn't, but if if you haven't read it, you might like it. So. Oh, that's a good one. So. But thank you, everybody. That's very, very generous, and for... for Tim fighting through COVID to do a podcast. Thank you to you, you sir, as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I didn't do the whole spiel, but as I cough into the mic, um, we're listener supported. So thank you for the emails. We got a lot this week, too. It was like unfortunate because, you know, we'll put a video out promoting our, our, la- our previous show together, and uh, all, the, all these emails start rolling in. And I'm like feeling like death warmed over. I'm just like roll over, text you like, hey, man, can you just refer these emails? <laughs> I can't do anything. So, But we got a lot of feedbacks for, for all that. So thank you guys for sending those notes. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you guys for keeping this uh, pirate ship afloat uh, as we continue to call out what we think is happening in the world and uh, 
don't have to thank any corporate donors or edit ourselves. It was kind of a joke when I said Dan, we'll call Danny the boss because if Danny told us what to do, we probably wouldn't do it. But you know, we uh, we do we do support him and lo- and love him anyway, just for constantly supporting us. And uh, yeah. you know, we uh, we greatly enjoy the fact that every time I greatly enjoy every time I finally get the episode edited, the show notes up and post it. Usually within a couple hours, I get a notification. You received twenty five dollars <laughs> from Danny Conley. Ooh, Danny. But anyway, so and. And Danny, uh, you know, some because some people do uh, feel the need to tell us what we should be doing. Yeah, with the podcast, but it's never the people that yes that donate. That's yeah. an interesting uh, dichotomy there. So it is. You know, it's like he must like what we're doing. So we we thank him for that and thank everybody else that donated. Yes, thank you guys very much. As I battle through COVID, that'll help me to to buy more vitamin D three and yeah. astaxanthin and zinc and <laughs> other things. Did you did you get your astaxanthin shipment, or do you need some more? No, I got it. I got it. I yeah. actually I had ordered it as soon as we started talking about it because I, I I don't know, man. I, I feel like I wish I had content for the show. I mean, I feel like there is content in what I just experienced, but I don't. I don't really know what it is, and I still don't. You know, one thing, and I think, you know, this is good feedback. Uh, you were really good at, at kind of isolating some things and saying, hey, have you done this or this? And But, you know, we looked so much into this, and, like, we looked at, like, okay, is there parasites in the in the vaccine? Is there the parasites right. that yeah. are causing COVID? Is that why they hate ivermectin? And then it's like, oh, is it 5G? Is the 5G, you know, disrupting the lungs, which is causing COVID? Is it graphene oxide, which is disrupting the 5G? There was so many things in my head that I didn't, I hardly even knew what to do. And I think, you know, so constructive feedback for us, both of us as a show together, uh, is to help kind of tie up some loose ends with that COVID stuff and maybe put together what we think you know, should be done. Obviously, we have the essay with the food grade uh, peroxide, which I think is good. Um, I do think ivermectin is helpful. Of course, the zinc, uh, the astaxanthin. You know, one of the things that really kind of stuck out to me is I was really, really, really fatigued, but I also had like really sore bones and joints. Mm. And that bothered me a lot. That made me think this is, this is like, is it, graphene oxide in me that's reacting to 5g or something like it just right. it just really buzzes. doesn't me. seem like a respiratory virus no you know? it sure doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't. when it when you're my like out of everything there was a day in there where other than exhaustion i would say the thing that's bothered me the most is my hip and i'm not somebody who's hurt my hip in the past or anything and so my hips never bothered me but it was hurting it's just i don't know it uh it was odd yeah, that is odd. Yeah, so it's a, it's a strange deal. I mean, you've <clears throat> so maybe this, the EMF stuff, or, or excuse me, the, the radiation stuff from five G or whatever. And like you even remarked when we were texting, you were like, "So odd to have this." You know, it's a hundred degrees in June outside, and I'm got a respiratory infection with a fever. Like, what the world is going on here? Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> <laughs> it's. It's a weapon system 
pointed at us and it's there's a lot of different vectors and i don't know if there is a, a one simple answer um you know or that everyone necessarily got the same thing whatever it is well my one it, it one sure complaint seems like a wide variety yeah. of experiences but the the very a very common element is like you said it doesn't feel like a a normal respiratory sickness yeah. i know? don't i'm not a person as people can probably guess from having listened to this show before but i'm not a person who just like sits still for long periods of time. I got ADD, I got to get moving, got to get doing something. And like, I just sat there. <laughs> like I just <laughs> was incredibly lethargic and just would sit. Um, anyway, my one complaint I have about, about Edmond up here, Edmond, Oklahoma, is just there are a lot of cell phone towers. High yeah. speed cell phone towers everywhere you look. Yeah, it's a... It is a prime market for the, you know, latest and greatest cell phone technology. Yeah, it really is. And I, I've been using my graphene oxide phone or suit graphene. That's a that's an <laughs> interesting Freudian slip. I've been using my graphene uh, OS phone, and I hadn't really messed with an iPhone, but I, I have one. So I, I booted that thing up and was just wanted to check like what does it say about five G in this area. And apparently, there's now a 5G UC. Have you heard of this? That all the uh, iPhones have. Hmm. Do you know what it stand, What that stands for? Yes. When you have real 5G, it is uh, UC icon, which means ultra capacity. So when you're okay. in a 5G ultra capacity broadband. Exactly. When you're in a 5G network, a real 5G, because all the, as we talked about previously in this show, all the phones have 5G, like in the upper right hand corner on the screen, but many of them, and I'm looking at you, Samsung, didn't even have a 5G antenna in the back of them. Yeah. And some did. Uh, But now there's, I I, I booted this thing up and look at it. What's the UC? Oh, it's ultra capacity. So I have ultra capacity 5G available at my house now. So, I mean, Pretty much, this is amazing. Like life is all is amazing now. Like everything is <laughs> and there, good. There's a cell tower literally within view, right? Uh, it's not within view. Uh, maybe it's within view, but it's pretty close. It's pretty, 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 pretty close. So, um, good thing about this house though is it's really solid. So you walk in and the the bars go down immediately. I was like, oh, that's good. I'll just need now for the my master plan to coat the house in aluminum foil. <laughs> just wear aluminum foil hat. Yeah. And coat and the entire outside. exterior. Yes, in foil. I have a feeling the HOA might have a thing or two to say about the aluminum foil coating on the house too. But you think so? <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't bring a lot. I have a couple stories, but uh, we could skip those. They're not super important. What I do have is at one clip. And okay. uh, as usual, I brought a clip, as, as I want to do, I brought a clip that is, let's see here. Where is that clip? Uh, huh, maybe I don't have a clip. Don't go away just yet. Oh, here we go. (laughs) 
Let's see here. What you wanna? It's a. It's not a very long clip, but uh, it can randomly be thrown in there. The this is uh, Max Kaiser, but this is not the crypto okay. crash recently. This is Max Kaiser being interviewed on Wall Street in 1987 when the stock market was crashing. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. 1987. Holy smokes. Okay. Is he, is he talking about Bitcoin? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Bitcoin will save all this. All those other cryptos are crap coins. And not to New York broker Max Kaiser. But the idea of a yuppie, you know, money without stopping, that, that's not the case anymore. And I'm, personally, I'm glad to see it. I'm sick of yuppies. No more yuppie chow. No more yuppie magazines. No more yuppie clubs. No more yuppies. Great. That's the only thing we accomplished. If anything, we got rid of the yuppies, and I'm I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure if that was actually Max Kaiser, yes, it, it was. I don't even know what a yuppie is, bro. Well, that's because they got rid of them with the stock market crash in 1987. <laughs> Excuse me, a young person with a well-paid job and fashionable lifestyle. Yeah. Hmm. I, I remember hearing about yuppies. It was still they were still talked about in the 90s. But no, I agree. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I feel like I could have been a yuppie. <laughs> a little bit too if close. Things to had home. broken differently, but yeah, too close to home. <laughs> all right well we all know i like to uh bring clips from drag queens to the to the show oh. so did you did you see this no yeah i got a clip from a drag queen uh after all the drag queen story hour i thought that this was actually worth bringing to the show and apparently this person i really should know who this is uh they are one of the the most famous drag queens in the world uh, Marion Miller is his name? How do I say it? Yes, his, her. We're going to go with that. I'm just going to say it's his name. But uh, are you ready for to hear what they have to say? Okay, sure. What, what in the hell has a drag queen ever done to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much? Other than put on makeup and, and jump on the floor and writhe around and do sexual things on stage. I have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child. Would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child? It, it makes no sense at all. A drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults. There is a lot of filth that goes on, a lot of sexual stuff that goes on. And backstage, there's a lot of nudity, sex, and drugs. Okay? So I don't think that this is a, a, an avenue you would want your child to explore. They could explore dressing up at home like we all did, like all gay boys did. We all dressed at home and we had a great time. We had a great time with our girlfriends putting on makeup, trying on clothes, things like that. But to actually get them involved in drag is extremely, extremely irresponsible on your part. And I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke, that you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. But you can raise your child 
to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay sexual things. And honestly, you're not doing the gay community any favors. In fact, you're hurting us, okay? We have already had a reputation of being pedophiles and being perverts and deviants. We don't need you to bring your children around. So you keep your kids at home or take them to Disneyland or take them to Chuck E. Cheese. But if you need your child to be entertained by a big human in a costume or in makeup, take them to the circus or something. When they turn 18, then why don't you take them to the clubs on their 18th birthday? Because it's an adult thing, okay? So don't ruin your child's life and don't ruin us because that's what you're doing. <laughs> when I mean, uh, right? When American society is <laughs> is too far gone that even the drag queens are saying like, yeah. "Hey, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, watch your kids here." Kitty Demure, I guess, is his her name. <clears throat> Super famous drag queen. I saw that and I was like, "Wow, you know, this is this is where we are." And it's it's just it's also refreshing to hear. It's like, okay, there's there's people out there who still get it, who are not completely gone to the messaging and the insanity. I mean, those clips that came out of Dallas. Did you see that stuff? That was wild. I didn't watch much of it, but I I. Was aware of aware of it, yeah. <clears throat> well, it, it yeah. I so I saw several different angles or whatever was going on at that place. Which, by the way, being in Dallas, I mean that's not far away from here. Um, but we uh, it's about three hours. Those those of you t- keeping score at home, three hour drive or so. But uh, <clears throat> one thing that was really telling about that, and that's and that's actually how I stumbled onto this clip was. Afterwards, there were people uh, who were so mad about it that they like followed out the uh, drag queens and was like, "Hey, are you proud of yourself? You know, you think you just did a great thing? Like, what are you guys doing? This is nuts! You can't be, you know, bringing kids to gay clubs and showing them this stuff." <clears throat> and the responses from the drag queens uh, who who left uh, told me that they know, like deep, deep, they know it's not right. You know what I mean? They either ran away or got violent or both or tried to call people names and stuff. Like there was no like <clears throat> measured response like, oh, no, this is this is good. We need to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. It was either, you know, F you get out of here or like just straight up running away and trying to hide. Yeah. And that's well, not the behavior that, you know, if you bring a camera to, to uh <laughs> You know, my son's swim practice or something and try to interview me afterwards. I'm certainly not going to start screaming F you in the middle of the streets and run away. Like, that's not, you know, it's not normal behavior because I, I'm i fine with my, my, my son attending this, this swim, you know, competition right. or swim, you know, swim class. And the same if I take him to church. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, my bad. But um, anyway, it's just... I just thought it was uh, at least heartening to see that they ran away. They scurry. They at least had the decency to scurry away or to react and scream at people because it shows me that there is some hope, right? There's no, but they weren't really thinking that that was okay. That they really deep down they knew it was wrong, and that's how I stumbled on this clip from Kitty Demure or whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah, there's. 
you know, I I don't believe in atheists, and I don't believe, for the most part, well, that you ever can truly get rid of your conscience. Yeah. And, you know, maybe with enough, I'm sure that's promised to, to the the true Satanist through whatever rituals and evil things that they do is that, you know, you won't, you'll be able to, to transcend your, your conscience. But I, you know, that, that's part of being human is you deep down, you know, what's right and wrong. And if you're doing something wrong, you feel bad about it. And if, you know, I think that there's there's hope for forgiveness and and salvation as as long as you can still feel bad about something. So there's, I think I've told this story before, but I was at a a baseball game, spring training game in Phoenix. This was post college, and so someone uh, behind asked what um, I don't know how it came up, but oh. I was wearing a Project 86 t-shirt, which is a Christian rock band. So he's like, oh, where do you go to church? And I, I told him, he's like, ah, oh, that's like a... He's like, I, I went to this whatever mega church there. I don't even remember the name of it, but typical mega church, right? And he's like, man, when I go to church, like, I want to feel guilty. Like, that's why I'm going to church. Like, I... I know I should feel guilty. And they, they're just like, Oh no, everything's great. Everything's fine. You, you shouldn't feel bad about anything. He's like, I, I know I should feel bad about this stuff. So that's, uh, you know, people deep down, you, people do know. And that's, <clears throat> that's written in, into us. And, and that's part of, of God's grace and, and what it means to be human. Absolutely. Yep. And it, it's hard. Like, I don't want to, I, I err on the other side of that. I don't need to feel any more guilty than I already do. Like, I don't want to go to a, a church where they're just like, I right. don't know, you're just bang, banging away on legalism. So that's well, th- this, this is someone who, you know, like was like a, I went to a, sure. went to church once a, in a year or whatever. You know, oh, sure. That sure. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have a hot take. If you want to hear it. Okay. Anybody who's ever ridden a, motor, or a bicycle with clip-in pedals has either fallen over or almost fallen over. So <laughs> the fact that Joe Biden fell over is not the most hilarious, crazy thing ever. So did you see this was... Did you see the video of what happened after he got up? No, as a matter of fact, everything I've watched shows that him up until he falls. Like I don't, I don't see anything after he gets up. Because the first video was <clears throat> edited so that it looked like he actually crashed, right? Which was kind of messed up, right? Uh, and then the more full video from the other angle came out, and you see him tip over, and that's usually where it cut off. Right. That's that's the only ones I've seen. Yep. He gets up like pops up to, you know, to show he's okay and he's spry or whatever. And the first thing he does, just not knowing, not having seen the video, what would you guess Joe Biden would do? First thing. 
Oh, I did actually see this. I'm sorry. I did I did actually see this. You just prompted my memory. Yeah. He gets right in a little girl's face and starts trying to talk to her and ask her how old she is. Like this come on, man. Like it Aye aye aye. That's uh it's not just drag queens that have a reputation for being pedophiles, put it that way. But <coughs> So you're thinking that there's a reason he put in a lenient Supreme Court justice on it was lenient I, on pedophilia. That's a, the politicians, man. It's, it's got to be a much higher percentage in that group than any other. But shout out to Grand Theft World this weekend. Uh, Richard Grove was talking about the real BLM, and he says that BLM is one of the most important issues of our time, and we should be talking about it more. Biden's What's lap Biden's laptop matters. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, now I guess it's okay to talk about. Uh, I know, I'm, not, I'm not saying we need to, but I'm just saying now it is officially okay for us to talk about uh, Ashley Biden's uh, diary because Tucker's talking about it and a couple other places. Oh, a couple of years after it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just with the, like, oh, it was creepy when my dad would take showers with me. Yeah. yeah. It's totally... I mean, I can't yeah. even say totally normal as a joke, but... Yeah. Ugh. It's just, just the weird, like, East Coast, weird, rich... Oh, I know what you're thinking. I know who you're thinking of. I know who you're thinking of. I don't even know who who am I thinking of? Oh, you East Coast rich, overly overly affectionate to the children. The home the homeboy Tom Brady. Oh no, I was not thinking of Tom Brady. <laughs> no. No, I'm talking about like the And for the record, money. I don't think for the record, I don't think Tom Brady's a pedophile. He just I think kisses his parents on the lips and kisses his kids on the lips. But his wife's Brazilian, so it could be cultural. Yeah. That's I had a great grandmother. Yeah. I have, used I have, to, I have an know, aunt. So there yeah. was kind of an, an age thing, but yeah. the I don't know. It's, my I have a Sicilian and it's actually not my aunt, it's my wife's aunt, just because I don't have any Sicilian blood, but I have a Sicilian aunt who uh, to this day yeah full on come here (laughs) (laughs) it's just just how it is you know yeah that's you know the old relative trying to kiss you on the lips is one thing the um taking showers with your daughter whole other thing there absolutely anyway yeah, I could, but just that whole kind of creepy East Coast, uh, you know, you had the Illuminati, I forget the gal's name, that was like the whistleblower that came out of that and the satanic ritual abuse and ugh, just... Oh, yeah. Abused, abused children, unfortunately, are often, you know, that's who the abusers are. They're usually... It's a generational thing, and you, kudos to the people that break out of it and and don't mess up, mess up their kids or mess up other people's kids. But yeah. so. 
That's true. Absolutely. Where to next, brother? Well, Is that it? Let's uh, let's do uh, more happy. We've done poisons and pedophiles, so we should do something a little happier. Okay. For the people that have hung in there this long, <laughs> let's let's play the Josh Rainier Gold on raw milk. He talks about some of the stuff you talked about actually recently. The pasteurization process is is killing the milk, right? You're destroying the bacteria. Um, you're denaturing the enzymes and the proteins. So the enzyme lactase, right? That's why everyone thinks you're lactose intolerant because in in milk is is bacteria lactobacillus, which produces the lactase enzyme. When you can go to the store and buy lactate, and they call it lactose-free milk, mm-hmm. which isn't really proper anyways because they don't take out lactose. They just add lactase to it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that they're even allowed to sell it as lactose-free because if they couldn't do that, they'd have to somehow explain to the customer, and that customer is not going to read a sentence that – this has something added to it, which does this to lactose. So it's kind of like, it's like, there's like, no, 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 we're going to call it lactose free. And somehow, you know, the FDA or whatever lets them do that, which doesn't even make sense. Um, but so in raw milk, you already have lactase, um, but lactose isn't bad. It's just, you can't digest it without the proper enzyme. And so when you drink raw milk, you know, some people, for the vast majority of people, the first time they drink raw milk, it's like already fine. Um, some people take a little bit longer. And so then when you drink the raw milk over time, you are populating your gut with the bacteria, the lactobacillus bacteria, which are creating more and more lactase. So the more raw milk you drink, the better at digesting milk you get to the point where, you know, I, like, I won't drink pasteurized milk. That's an extreme stance. He won't drink it. Well, I th- I think it cut off because of the time restraints, but I think he went on to say that, but he could and it would be fine because he's <coughs> his his gut bacteria are up to speed from drinking the raw milk. So this is, but I thought that was interesting. I did not know that lactose-free milk was not actually lactose-free; that it actually has lactase added to it that is interesting and that's wow you know i think we've (coughs) excuse me i think we've used that in this house about five years ago (laughs) with uh lactose free formula which would then have lactase that's interesting man wow i had no idea it it probably is better Mm -hmm. because then you're not you're getting the asking both, for the problem of sides of it, yeah. 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 Well, it took somebody's uh, had some uh, uh, acid reflux. My son had acid reflux hmm. and wasn't doing well with the formula or the milk, and uh, yeah, that, then you went to the lactose free, which apparently isn't actually free. It's that's weird, crazy. Yeah. So it, you know, it's. In some ways, even worse than calling almond milk milk. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, I like almond milk, man. Ugh. (laughs) Poison. Is it? Yeah. 
Why is it poison? Uh, it's got all sorts of soybean oils and stuff in it. I yeah, it's it's usually got carrageenan in it. Okay, I've said it wrong, and there's some other other bad stuff. But. So maybe stop putting putting almond milk in my smoothies. It's, it's a good smoothie maker. It's also storable, which is nice. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's it's not nearly on the level of bad as like uh, soy milk, but sure. But, uh, you know, Tim, all this crazy conspiracy theorists, we really should be listening to science that brings us headlines like this. Randy Neanderthal may be to blame for passing on the gene that caused up to a million people to die from COVID, scientists claims. What? A sexual encounter about 60,000 years ago passed on a gene that led to COVID. The gene caused a common genetic quirk that makes lungs susceptible to infection. What? And that sexual encounter led to COVID deaths in the hundreds of thousands to a million. So Neanderthal, uh, you know, impregnated a, a woman and passed on this gene and they can tell because there's it's science Tim I I mean I guess how dare you question this well I mean he's he's literally a scientist what what Dr. Fauci does with his own time is none of my business (laughs) impregnating a what that's just that's just bizarre yeah it's just like that you would be able to, to trace it back and just I don't know it's People buy this stuff, but yes, they do. Let's talk about something real. They're they're bleeding us. They're bleeding us to death right now. They're making sure that nobody has any money left. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, food is too expensive. Gas is too expensive. This economy has gone to heck in a handbasket. 401ks are down up to 20%, depending. Only 20? Uh, yeah. Doing a lot better than... My, then, my then, fraction of a Bitcoin, <laughs> which is still the same fraction of a Bitcoin, just worth uh, 60% less. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is, uh, it's, is painful. They are, they are really bleed. It's like, are we going to, is anybody, I'm not, well, is anybody going to do we, anything or is, I mean, what, are we just going to wait, try and vote these people out? I mean, what, well, what are we the, doing so here? the, the Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, mm-hmm. let us know where it's going. You can play that clip if you want. Oh, good. Looking forward, rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are... I.e., it's going down. ...are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stablecoins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. As our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. They got a white paper. Fancy Jerome got a white paper. He got the, cri- the crypto like a crash, which then, buff which now. then, 
Yeah, gives them the excuse like, look at all these people that got wiped out in the crypto crash. So, but you need a cryptocurrency you can trust. Try FedCoin, where the Federal Reserve will be able to give you your stimmy checks just right into your bank account. No, no middleman. You know, we'll just. Just you'll have an account. You'll have a bank account with the Federal Reserve. What could go wrong? Just the, the, the central bank digital currency, and like that clip we played from the the giant fat central banker. Uh, I forget his name. Where he said, "Oh yeah, you know when someone spends a hundred dollar bill, we don't really know where it goes, but with central bank digital currency, we'll know exactly, exactly where it goes." Say goodbye to garage sales, paying the babysitter. <laughs> There's all kind. Of, I mean, start really thinking about it, ladies and gentlemen. If you lose all cash, it's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah, it, and there's a. I guess kind of a protest or just an activist movement to only use cash or to use cash only on Fridays. Oh, with the idea being that, uh, you know, you're, you're making sure that businesses know that you want to be able to still use cash and so that they don't look at their books and say, well, you know, 98% of people are are using card anyway so it wouldn't be such a huge deal to to not be able to accept cash is the globalist dream that we all have a central bank digital currency a fed wallet and uh, electric cars is that kind of the plan but some bugs and soy to eat yeah kid yeah where you have to where you got your carbon credit allowance and you know you got to keep your Social credit score high to to get your soy burger for the day. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's that's the plan. I, I like the plan of uh, you know support your local farmer. Absolutely, go to the farmers market, talk to your neighbors, figure out how to do stuff. And I'm I'm preaching to myself there, but no, me too, me too, preaching to me too. I don't know, man. I gotta. I think I got to wrap it up here pretty soon. I'm losing steam and need to go to bed. So, what else do we got to get to before we get out of here? Oh, I don't think there's anything super critical. Um, anything happy? Oh, did you see Ben Stiller went to the war zone today? <laughs> super dangerous war area. Yeah. Yeah, that's super dangerous. Did he did he do a concert there? Ben Ben did Stiller stand up. Oh no no! I just saw him meeting Zelensky. Both the same yeah. height, which I thought just was interesting. The, yeah, very, yeah, very, which is uh, not very tall. Yeah, how dare you make me bleed my own blood in this war zone, <laughs> <laughs> Zelensky? It's weird, bro. It's weird. Like you look at that whole scene and you're like, why are they like? People treat Zelensky like he's the, and I don't know why people treat the Pope like this, but people treat him like he's the Pope. Like, oh, oh, such an honor, such an honor. Oh, oh, you're like my hero. Oh, oh, it's like what? What are you guys smoking? This dude was naked on stage holding the guitar like six years ago before this whole psyop began. Like, what? What? What are you guys talking about? Your hero? It's nuts. Yeah, just buy it all. It's. 
I'm not one of those people that's like, it's the Jews or anything, but that, that scene made me quite, I was like, ah, something, something, <laughs> some, some sort of Israel related at least, tangentially possibly. Yeah, it, I've always <laughs> thought it was the, the Satanists uh, <coughs> using the, yeah, it's a good the Jews it's a good as, way to put it. as puppets to kind of take the flack. Yeah, kinda... to take the yeah conveniently take the flack and to really make God angry. His yeah, people, his people that he set apart. Yeah, there's there's a reason that uh, Israel got all those Pfizer vaccines before anyone else. Yeah, and and with the you know all the state of the art uh, vaccine pass and everything else, got to make make sure they they get their vaccines. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, I hope I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I hope you feel better too, man. I don't know what's going on. I thought it was over it, and then I got like a, a phantom cough and fever coming back. Just as like I've been, it's weird. I've been over this for like two days, and now it's back. So, if anybody out there has any advice other than what I'm already doing, just uh, shoot me an email at tim at timkilkenny dot com. Super easy. Tim at timkilkenny dot com. So, any word? Trying the niacin. Um, I could double up on some niacin. Yep. I, I tried that early on. It didn't have a lot of uh, effect. It D- didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> like I yeah, said, it's I don't one of those know where what this it's, is. It's, it's the rare supplement that has side effects. So, you know, that's how you tell it's working. <laughs> no, I know. I take, I, I, I actually take, maybe I've niacin myself out. I, I take about, I take one a day. Okay. So, maybe I should just take a bunch before bed and. See if I can wake up, you know, levitating over my bed. <laughs> oh, I sound terrible. All right, what do you got? Any words of wisdom for us, Andrew? Well, I think, you know, going back to the the roots and refuge rant mm-hmm. there, you know, just you don't have to fix everything, but but try to make make some good little decisions that are in the direction you want you want things to go you know it's not our job to fix the world and the world's not going to be fixed my opinion you know ultimately right. until until god does it so but we can i guess be conscientious and try to try to be aware of what we're doing and try to support people that don't hate us and take business away from those that do and are trying to poison us. So, Amen. I like the I like what you said about David and Goliath and just one drop in a pool, but then everybody's decisions making more and more drops. So, yeah, I'll go head to head with the HOA. I'm gonna put a chicken coop in the back next week. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, let me know if you need help with the aluminum foil siding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We could just chop down the cell tower. It's a great idea, dude. It's a great (laughs) idea. It's not like they're... uh, What do you think about the million-dollar house that's butted up against that thing? I was like, man, that is unfortunate. How did they let that happen? I don't don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. It's like, nope. This is is where you need your hippy-dippy Northwesterners. You know what I mean? Where are my hippy-dippy Northwesterners that are like, hey, Wi-Fi's bad. Cell phone radiation's bad. Yeah. Out, out would, here, they're just yeah. It's just it's fine. It's safe, safe and yeah. fast. No one in like a nice 
Seattle suburb is letting them stick a cell tower right yes. on the edge of their yes, exactly. $2 million house. It's, yes, especially, yeah, you'd think that this area would have enough pull to move the cell phone tower. Like, no, 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 that goes with the poor people. Yeah. Just, just point it back in this direction so I can have my 5G. <laughs> ultra capacity, bro, ultra capacity. Yeah. So I got ultra capacity to go to sleep. Take some niacin and call it a day, so... All right. Well, thanks for doing the show, and thanks everybody for listening. Especially if you're still listening all the way till now. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'll try and be up to up to speed next week. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at RevelationsRadioNews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit RevelationsRadioNews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say we're